0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today?
1: Oh man, I'm a, I'm a busy man, but it's good, it's good. Glad to be back and talk a little Titans today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Terry's got a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of UT stuff been happening uh, in the last in the last few days, so uh, if you if you're into that kind of stuff, you can check it out on Rocky Top Talk. Uh, I'm sitting outside today; it's a beautiful day here in Nashville. So if you get some background noise, I apologize, but just too pretty to be inside. Uh, today we're going to talk about some a couple news things off the top, and then we're going to get into some draft discussion. Uh, just we, we've been involved in a couple of mock drafts in the last few days, and just kind of some discussion around how those have gone. And then we'll talk a little bit about a post that Mike wrote on the site earlier. Uh, I guess it was last week about underrated draft needs for the Titans. So those kind of things we're going to hit today. That's com is where Mike wrote that post. That's where we write covering the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at J.J. Morris, MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert, TN. Uh, you get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya, whatever it is that you're looking for. Uh, just search out Locked on Titans, subscribe so that you get the newest episodes as soon as, they're, as they are available. Uh, you can also play us on your smart speaker. Uh, just say play podcast Locked on Titans, house, car, wherever it is that you have that, and you will hear us there. All right, so uh, a couple of news things. It was reported earlier today that the Titans will play the Patriots this preseason. Uh, the the guy who is the Patriots reporter for The Athletic, I'm trying to get his name really quickly here. Um reported it's Nick Underhill. Uh, he tweeted out the Patriots preseason opponents and the Titans were on that list. Uh, the Patriots will be coming here, according to him, to play the Titans. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, hopefully if they can get uh, joint practices, I think that would be a, a little bit better deal there. Um, you know, the games, I mean, Tom Brady's probably not going to play in the preseason, so wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't necessarily get to see him there. But if you could get a couple of days of Bill Belichick here. Matching up with Mike Vrabel and the Titans—that'd be pretty cool to watch.
1: Yeah, a lot of storylines there, obviously with the Titans and, and Patriots connection there. So, uh, I, I don't—I don't think it'll ever be a, a rivalry per se, uh, but it, it's always interesting to, to compare the two teams. And, and you know, you get the Vrabel and, and Belichick connection there. So, uh, I believe it was the Bucks last year that came. Uh, it would be cool just to just to have them in town for. Uh, you know, two or three days in the preseason, you know ESPN would be all over that. They'd be here in Nashville covering that on their their afternoon NFL shows. So uh, that that would be really cool. Again, probably not going to see Brady or anything like that, but uh, it seems like it's two very connected franchises. You're seeing the Lions kind of take that that same approach there. So uh, yeah, it would definitely be cool, and I think it would bring the Titans a lot of, a lot of attention in the preseason.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye out on that and just see what we hear along practices and that kind of stuff. And it may not be the the way that the that he tweeted out the schedule. He's got the Titans, Patriots listed first. I don't know if that means it's going to be the first preseason game or not. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit less likely that we get those practices if that is the case. But um, we'll get the full preseason schedule, like I said, the next couple of weeks. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, really, the only other news thing that we've had. Uh, The Titans added two former AAF players, Uh, probably familiar with AAF, the league that was, it seemed like it was doing pretty well, but then they folded, uh, I guess, last week. Now the Titans have brought in Logan Woodside and Keith Tobridge. Uh, Woodside, you probably remember from last year, the Titans signed him kind of late in the season for the practice squad, so he was here a little bit with them, and then uh, Tobridge is a tight end. So, again, just kind of looking for talent anywhere you can find it, right? And you know Mike Vrabel talked at one point this preseason about a third quarterback, adding a third quarterback to the roster. You know it's 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 always good to kind of have that developmental guy around. Maybe Woodside is that guy for the Titans. I mean he had some he had some good plays in the AAF, and obviously they had at least you know somewhat of interest in him last year. So you know nothing really more than a um, than a developmental guy there. I mean I would say the same thing with Toberidge. I mean you're just looking at adding depth to that tight end spot. Um, we know what we got in the top two guys, but outside of that, you know, you've got Pruitt and Furkser and Colwick or are, are the guys that are that are currently left on the roster with uh, Luke Stocker leaving to go to Atlanta. So again, just John Robinson looking to you know add some guys to bring in and get a look at in camp.
1: Yeah, a couple camp bodies. I, I don't know that anybody should be too excited by their addition there. It's just probably guys that you're going to see a lot of uh, come August. You know, preseason game, fourth quarter. Uh, stuff like that but uh yeah Woodside is, is is at least interesting like you said uh if anything he's a he's a third quarterback on this roster uh I'm, I'm not sure that that he makes this team I think he'd have to do a lot there but uh I'm not sure about his practice squad eligibility but uh if he's still eligible that's where I guess he would land but it's kind of interesting you know we saw that the AAF basically fold uh, after what six or seven weeks um it, maybe a couple months uh it, it just seemed like with all these signings that were happening, uh, it seemed like the products was working. You know, it, it, so it's kind of unfortunate to see uh, the, the money kind of dry up so quick. Because uh, you've seen around the league, you know, ten or 12, 14 guys that have found new homes and, and new opportunities uh, that they might not have had without the AAF.
0: It didn't didn't spur declare his team. The yeah, of course he AF. did. Of course he
1: did. <laughs> That's Peeksbury. Like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, like you said, you are seeing a trickle coming out of these guys. That are it seems like you know every day there's a couple of guys you see that have signed on with somebody else. And yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed that it folded just because it was something to to at least somewhat attention to during the off season for the NFL. I guess the XFL is supposed to come back next year.
1: Um, I think it you know, started too early. I think we were all like, you know, it's weird to go from Super Bowl to AAF, you know, the next weekend. Uh, I think there's a starvation for football kind of after the draft. So if they started late spring, early summer, I know it would be hot, but uh, just seemed to be an odd time to start to me.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You like you go from, the, like, the peak Super Bowl game or the peak, you know, football game of the season to, uh, you know, <laughs> preseason. I mean, I don't know what exactly to compare it to, but, yeah, just just a huge drop-off there. So, that, yeah, that's probably a good point if they, if they started a little bit different time it might, it might have done better. But anyway, um, like I said, just a couple of guys that are, you know, as John Robinson works on rounding out the 90-man roster that we'll see when training camp opens in July. So uh, just, just a couple of things to take note of there. All right, that will do it for the news part. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the way certain mock drafts have been falling and what it could mean for the Titans when the actual draft rolls around.
1: Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, so we have been, you know, at least somewhat a part of a couple of mock drafts uh, locked on. We mentioned that last week. They were doing an NFL mock draft. I'm not sure if they have, have posted that yet, um, but they were doing that in the SB Nation. writers' mock uh, is also going on. Uh, the Titans, we will, our pick won't post until, I like, think, the 15th of April. But um, we have already made it, and they're just kind of running up to those picks in the meantime. So not not to give too much away about what's going on there, but you know, I, I think the fear that we all have as Titans fans is that you're going to be sitting there at 19, uh, your edge rushers are going to be gone, which I think is, again, in my mind still at least the biggest need or you know, 1A, 1B, however you want to say that need for the Titans. Edge rusher is your offensive lineman, I think, at this point, for me, are the, are the biggest two needs. Um, but, you know, if you get to a point where you get to 19 and all of those guys that you think have the ability to be you know, early impact edge rushers are gone, you get into a point of what do you take? And you don't love taking an interior offensive lineman at 19. Feels like you should be able to find value with that later on, but I don't know with the way that both of these draft boards have fallen and, you know, just different mocks that you see around the around the internet. Um, it, you know, I mean, we, we all know what those are worth. But it just, for, for me in both of those mocks, Garrett Bradbury was a pretty easy pick. And not because I necessarily loved it, but because he just seemed like the best player available that also fit a need.
1: Yeah, and I think Tom Gower put it a really good way on Twitter the other day. Uh, in regards to the Titans' first pick, are you more comfortable playing 700 snaps of uh, Correa and Finch, or are you more comfortable starting uh, Penfield or, or potentially kicking Dennis Kelly inside the guard? Um, you know, I think you responded with neither, uh, which which I think all, all Titans fans feel. I, th- I think that's how they feel. Um, but for me, you know, I, you just look at this locked-on mock. Uh, you see. Uh, Rashawn Gary, you see Brian Burns go top 10. Christian Wilkins goes 11. Montez Sweat goes 12. Uh, other guys, you've got Lawrence going 17, the big defensive tackle. You've got Farrell going 15th. Who does that leave? Um, for me, it, it leaves uh, a, a bunch of guys that you can't pick. So for us, it was easy uh, to go Garrett Bradbury there. I, I think that, that fills in an, an immediate need. You're not reaching for anything. I think you get the most bang for your buck right there. So uh, to me, it just seems like the draft board is going to take all of these front seven pieces away from you. Uh, so I, I think you, you can make things easier on yourself by go ahead and, and grabbing the top uh, interior offensive lineman, whether it be a guard, whether it be a center, uh, get get you a guy that can play both, give you some versatility there. Um, I think that's really easy, and I'm not sure how you pick any other position right there.
0: Yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind, um, and this is something that Mike Keith talked about when we had him on the show, and then he was talking about it on their show. I think it was yesterday, whenever it was, they were talking about offensive linemen. Keep it, keep an eye on a guy that, and not, I don't have a guy in mind, but just a, a guy that played tackle in college that could possibly kick inside to play guard at the next level. Um, You know, either somebody that projects that way, or even if you just got, you know, if the best offensive lineman there happens to be a tackle but has the athletic ability to kick inside and play guard, that might be something that, you know, the Titans will be looking at. And then if you need him, because, look, we could be sitting here next year. We we still haven't heard on Jack Conklin's fifth-year option. Um, Dennis Kelly, I think he's entering the last year of his contract. Um, You know, so, I mean, two – two significant pieces that they still have questions about um as far as you know how much you want to pay dennis kelly how healthy is jack conklin going to be i mean those are the questions you have about those guys so you you know we could be sitting here next year needing the right tackle i mean it's not it's not a ridiculously far-fetched thing that we could be talking about and so if, if you get a guy that you think can play guard for you but you also think has the ability to do that that could be something that the titans would be interested in doing I mean, i don't know but, like you said, it just to me, all these all these other mocks, where it's like, you know, I know everybody loves best player available. Like that's what everybody wants the team to do. best player available. Well, that's fine. But with the with with the way the Titans are, are seem to be gearing up for this year, it seems like they're gearing up for a run in two thousand and nineteen. and I just I can't see them taking, you know, just an offensive tackle, whoever the best offensive tackle in this draft is, if he falls at 19, I don't see the Titans doing that just because he's the best player on their board if they don't need him and they're they, you know possibly might not need him for a couple of years down the road. I don't see them going that direction. I see them looking at the best player, but also a guy that can come in and help them right away. That's been my biggest problem with tight end. We're going to talk about underrated draft needs in a little bit, and we can kind of get into that discussion a little bit then. But I just I don't see them taking a guy – that they don't expect to make an impact for them in 2019.
1: Yeah, and, and just to go back to this locked-on mock draft, you had Greedy Williams uh, still on the board. You had D.K. Metcalf, the receiver from Ole Miss. You had Byron Murphy, the corner from Washington. So uh, probably your, your best players on the board at that point were two corners and a receiver. Are, are you really going to gonna take one of those guys over Bradbury, who you can, you can plug in and play year one, day one, uh, he's going to be a starter, you know, for the next at least three, four seasons. You hope uh, that, that's just a no-brainer to me. So I, have never been a, a big best player available guy. You know, it kind of worked out in years past where you took Taylor with one. Uh, it didn't exactly work out when you took a guy like Kendall, Kendall Wright. Um, so I think it's a double-edged sword. I think you have to go into it uh, with a, a balance of both. You know, you can't reach. You can't reach it if, if a guy's slated to go, you know, thirty to forty. You can't take him at twenty, but I think it's a good marriage of everything for the Titans to address interior offensive line and, and even a guy like, you know, you mentioned tackles that that might play guard. Uh, a guy like Jonah Williams, if he falls, uh, you know, Alabama guy that that might be an option there. Dalton Rissner, um, an, another offensive lineman there. So I, I think they're open, but I, I think we've got it narrowed down to front seven or offensive line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just, I don't know. DK Metcalf is an interesting piece because in both of these mocks, he was still available. And I really, really don't think that happens on draft night. Um, I think that there's going to be, you know, teams always fall in love with, with, combine measurables and not that i mean i think dk can, can play and I, I, I have some questions about him but i, I mean I, I think he can definitely be successful in the nfl but it's just it's just funny you know for all the hype that he was getting and then he goes and he, and he blows up at least certain portions of the combine to to be in these two mock drafts and him still be on the board at 19 um i, I mean we had to at least think about it i think i mean it, sure. it's a consideration and i don't think it would be crazy that that robinson would do that if he were available, but I don't know, just worse than right now. I can't see any any way he's selling the board at 19.
1: Yeah, and again, you look at John Robinson's history, uh, he likes he likes seniors, he likes production, he likes consistent production over two, three, four seasons. Uh, Metcalf doesn't have any of that, and he's got injury concerns. You know, he sat out half the year with, I believe, a back injury, redshirt sophomore. There's a lot of red flags there. I just don't think he's going to be a John Robinson guy. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, and I, I also don't think the Titans are going to be able to get a chance to pick him. I think he's going to go uh, somewhere before pick 19. But uh, you're right. It, it kind of seems like he, he topped out early in the process, and now he's kind of falling back down to earth.
0: And he just seems like, you know, like Al Davis, Jeff Fisher, you know, those oh, people gosh, just yeah. love that stuff. I mean, they would, they would eat him up. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens with him on draft night. All right. Uh, coming up to the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about some underrated draft needs that the Titans could definitely address in this draft, but they're probably not doing it on night one. All right, so like we mentioned from the top, uh, Mike wrote a post on Museum Miracles talking about the he, – he listed three underrated draft needs for the Titans and, and kind of laid out his case for each, uh, the three that he mentioned, running back, cornerback, and inside linebacker. Again, those are not places that you look and say, okay, the Titans have a big need here. But if you're projecting forward a little bit, you're looking at guys that are on the roster, contracts, that's all that kind of stuff. It makes sense that it, it could be something that we're talking about this time next year, regardless of you know, how well this team does in 2019. And so the first thing you mentioned was running back. And, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing here, Derrick Henry's in a contract year. So don't with him. Um, if, if we get the you know last quarter of the season, Derrick Henry will be willing to give him a contract. If you get the guy that we'd seen for the majority of you know the three years before that, or two and you know three first years before that, I don't know. I mean, it got showed well at times and then really struggled at times. Deion Lewis, they can get out of that contract after this year. Um, you know, just didn't didn't go as well as we hoped it would in year one. We need to see how you know Arthur Smith is going to use him. Uh, then you're looking at you know the, the third running back on the roster, David Flavellan i have you know sorry Trevor but he's not an NFL running back i don't think they're ever gonna you know <laughs> running game around him so it really is a, a place they could be looking at and if there's a guy maybe as early to the third round but definitely in day three if you've got a guy that you think can come in and can develop into a successful piece for you there I think that could absolutely be a, a, something they look at
1: yeah I'm for it and, and because I just don't think Dion Lewis is going to be here much longer you know i, I don't i don't know how much left he's got. He's a smaller guy. It just seems like the wear and tear caught up with him last season. Uh, And when the Patriots let somebody walk, um, that's usually a pretty good time. Uh, It seems like they squeeze everything out of their guys. So uh, I I think the Titans will have a need there down the road. I think they've got an immediate need right now. I think they can upgrade there. Um, I I think it's probably unwise to expect Derrick Henry to do what he did in the last month of the season. You you certainly hope he can get back to that point, but uh, you can't forget about the frustrations and how we got to this point and how much of a surprise it was that he turned things on. So uh, I think you can add a, a guy in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, uh, a guy that can come in and play special teams, a guy that can come in and beat out uh, David Flewellen. Uh, I, I just think the Titans can get a some more juice, maybe a home run hitter. Uh, we've seen them attached to a couple of backs already. I saw them visiting with Alex Barnes running back out of Kansas State. They were at uh, Devin Singletary out of FAU. They were at his pro day, so there's definitely some interest there at the position. Seen that interest before, and we've seen them not take any. So it'll be interesting to see on day three because I don't think you're taking one day two. I think day three. I'll be interested to see if they grab one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, yeah, you just with these guys and with uh, just inconsistencies there, it wouldn't hurt to have a guy that can even push. You know those guys in training camp be a good piece to look at. Uh, the second, the second thing Mike wrote about cornerback. Um, and again, the the biggest note here is you got LaShawn Sims and Logan Ryan uh, both in the last year of their of their contracts. I think they would like to have both those guys back. Uh, but you know you were talking about numbers and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's by no means you know, a sure thing that they would be back on the roster in 2020. You've also got Malcolm Butler, who you know when we talked a lot about last year, really struggled at the beginning of the year came on, was playing at the end of the year. But, you know, in 2020, you're going to own a bunch of money. Is that where you want to have that money tied up, especially when we're talking about a quarterback, possibly, if, if you're going to extend Marcus Mariota? Uh, you got, you got to sign Kevin Byron. I mean, they've got a lot of things coming up on this roster that they're going to have to pay for. So, again, it's a spot where I, I don't see them addressing it at 19. Um, you, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, it, they, there's a really good chance that when we get to the 19th pick in the draft, there will not have been a corner taken, which is wild to think about. But I think that that's really a possibility. I still don't see that, that as a place the Titans go there. We've seen that in a few mocks. I just, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's definitely something that they could look to add some guys for depth, competition, and then you know, when 2020 rolls around, you might have a couple of spots that have been opened up just based on other things going
1: on. Yeah, you mentioned Sims, you mentioned Ryan. Uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, his his dead cap really falls off uh, after, next offseason. Uh, he's going to be 30 years old, uh, would have a base salary of $11 million, but you can cut him and get $6 million in dead cap uh, versus 18 if you cut him right now. So uh, there's a potential out there, you know, if he plays like he did down the stretch. I, I don't think that happens, but if he plays like he did in the first half of the season, uh, that's absolutely something John Robinson is going to explore. So, yeah, like you're saying, you just got to kind of have a, a forward-thinking uh, attitude about this. I don't think it's something that you need to address on day one, too. But the Titans have met with a ton of, of corners uh, just looking through this here. So that might be something they're interested in. You see, you saw them hit with uh, with Sean Sims. Uh, you saw them kind of hit with Kalen Reed, bounced around, and, and didn't really have an opportunity to produce, but did some good things in the preseason. And So I can certainly see them go that route. Uh, guys like that can, can always play special teams for you. So um, day three, I think it's pretty much wide open. That, that's when you take your best player available, uh, pretty much regardless of need.
0: Yeah, and that's really what I, you know, if you can address, I mean, I think they, they have to come out of this draft with an interior offensive lineman, a pass rusher, and, and probably a defensive lineman. Um, I mean, I think they really need those three things. After that, I think it's pretty wide open. They they really are in a spot where they could just sit back, see how it falls, and guys that that you know that may drop into the fourth, fifth round that they had a lot higher on their board. Um, that's when you get into the, like you said, best player available, that kind of stuff. So the third thing Mike mentioned on here was I'm same same type of concept. Uh, you got Wesley Woodyard. Uh, he's coming toward the end of his contract. He's also getting older. Now, he's been better, it seems like, the last two years than he was the three or four years before that. Uh, we'll, we'll see how, how that plays out. But you've got Rashawn Evans and Jalen Brown, at least locked up in the next couple of years. But with the way Jalen Brown came on last year, you know, he could be a guy that you're looking at having a decision on how much you're going to pay him, how valuable is he uh, in this scheme, and all those things. So that's a spot tight end. Again, That you know, a lot of people have given the tight tight ends, and I know mean, I my feelings clear on that in the first round, but I do think that it would be nice to have another guy that could be ready if Delaney Walker doesn't return to form, if John, Who doesn't continue to um, you know make the climb that it seemed like he ever... Again, I'm, I am still very anti-tight end at 19, but I do see the reasoning of why you would want to have a guy that would be able to that would be able to step in contribute somewhat next year because there are a lot of variables at that position
1: and it's really deep. You know, I don't think that gets enough run when we have the tight end conversation. Uh, everyone wants to talk about those top two. Three guys, the guys that are going in the first round. It was never realistic for the Titans. It still isn't, uh, but this decision has a ton of depth. So I could absolutely, absolutely see them planning for the future, taking one, you know, even as early as the third round. Uh, I I could see that. Uh, And then talking about linebacker, Titans have been interesting. So, uh, you know, Wesley, we are getting up there. Uh, Darren Bates uh, is going to be a free agent. So uh, just a, a couple of guys, Blake Cashman, uh, inside linebacker from Minnesota, they've, they've privately worked him out. Um, they've shown a ton of interest in him. Ty Summers from TCU, uh, they've been interested in him. So it, it makes sense, you know, just, just looking through what they've been uh, interested in, what, they, what they've been interviewing, working out. Uh, it, it certainly adds with Mike's post. It's just uh, a, a few positions that we really haven't discussed, but uh, I could see each of those being addressed on day three. Uh, hopefully, those the Beads' edge interior offensive line, defensive line get filled on day one and two.
0: Yeah, I think it just goes back to the point that you know
1: they've done they've done a job positioning
0: themselves, where they got a couple of things that they still need, but they're not desperate for anything. Um, and so they can just just kind of see how it plays out. Hopefully, address those things early and be free to to just draft good players later on in the draft. So seems simple, but we, we've seen that that team struggle with that with this. <laughs> players, a lot. Um, right, just one. draft good players. That's 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 the plan. Um, anyway, all right, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for listening again. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Um, that way, you get the newest episodes as soon as they are available. I didn't mention up. We do have the voicemail line. Uh, if you've got any. Thing you want to uh talk at. if you just want to call in and talk about how great my strategy of distracting good players is uh 787 8762 the number uh leave us a voicemail and we'll hopefully if we get a couple of those we can do a show on that later on this week so for terry this is jimmy saying thanks so much for listening to locked on titans and we'll talk to you again later
1: thanks for listening to the locked on podcast network but why stop now